So today we're going to be talking about debt versus credit and when to use other banks and why building your own bank is important. Um, uh, being somebody, an advocate of teaching people how to build their own banking system, I think it's very important that we we understand the context of, of, of the information that I bring you. Um, I am not somebody who is not um, a, a realist. I'm not somebody who is um, who's not understanding of certain scenarios and circumstances where actually leveraging uh, another family's bank to be able to do what you want to do for your own. Because when I am somebody talking about building your own banking system, I'm literally looking at Chase Bank of America, Wells Fargo, all of the credit unions and knowing because I know the history of banks, that banks are created by families or by friends that get together that say, hey, let's build our own credit union. Let's build our own bank and let's go and get funding so that we can be able to provide this service or be the uh, middleman for managing people's money so that we can be able to grow it and excel it. Um, I am understanding of that. So. Um, uh, so when I look at banks, I look at banks from the eye lens of a peer, peer to peer. They aren't doing anything any different that I cannot do for myself. And so we're going to we're going to pull back the veil of what a bank is so that we can understand what a bank is. And then we're going to converse on debt versus credit, when to use other banks and why. But one of the biggest things that we have to understand is that uh, banks are no different uh, than you running your business. A bank is a business. A bank is a corporation, right? They have whatever their guides or guidelines are in order for them to do what they do, their license, their certifications that they got to get in order for them to be considered a bank. However, a bank is the very same thing as your business. Jake, what do you mean? Um, in order for a bank to lend money, they have to first get your money. Um, in order for a bank to lend money, they have to first get your money. Well, in business, in order for you to go in, grow your money or reinvest into your company, you have to first get money from somebody else. So when you look at the banking system in its construct, the banking system <clears throat> is literally a uh, their service is money management. When you look at a bank, their service is money management and convenience. That's their service. And they offer that service to you by saying, if you allow us to hold your money or manage your money, we're going to give you 1% or 0.8% or 3% in the CD in exchange for allowing us to use your currency or manage your money. When you open up a bank account, especially an interest bearing bank account, when you sign those dotted lines and those papers to open up these bank accounts, what you're not reading in fine lines is that you're giving the bank a loan. Y'all must not be listening today. When you open up a CD, when you open up a savings account or you open up an interest bearing account, this is why when you open up a trust you open up your irrevocable trust without have without putting it in an interest-bearing account because I am not lending money to you, the bank. I am not partnering with you as a lender 
of my money and you're going to give me 0.8 to 1% while you go and make 8 to 20%. That is not a good deal for me as a business person. So when we talk about when we talk about understanding the banking system and the construct of it, you have to understand that these banks, when you open up an account, you are lending your money to them, allowing them to manage it. And when you sign off on that paperwork, you're agreeing to allow them to use your money so that they can grow the money that you've given them. Now, there's nothing wrong with that because that's the exchange of service that you've agreed to. You wanted to hold your money in the bank because why? Convenience. It's easily you can. It's readily and easily, uh, easy, uh, easily uh, uh, usable. Is usable a word? Easy. You can easily use it in any world, in any you know, any transaction. You know, whatever the case is, right? You can go to ATMs, right? It's convenient. You use it for security because you want protection of your currency. Because leaving it in your house is probably not safe. And if somebody comes and steals, that's all you have. Um, you also with security, you also have what's called protection. You have protection up to $250,000. Anything over that is unprotected, uninsured money. Um, uh, the next the next easily available. Thank you. Um, the, the next reason that you uh, utilize the banking system is because you're pretty much telling them I, I'd rather you manage my money than for me to manage it myself. This is why you see a lot of successful people. Um, they, they typically um um, store their additional cash, extra cash flow in assets because the asset can actually manage the money for the actual um, um, person who, who controls the currency, me. I rather put it in an asset because the asset does more for me than me just putting it in a bank. When you realize, um, 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 when you realize, I appreciate that for purchasing a book. When you realize that when you give your money to the bank, you have to start looking at the bank like a partner, right? And if the partner is getting more out of the deal than you are, you have to reassess the partnership. <clears throat> so when I tell people that you can be your own bank, you can build your own banking system, what I am telling you is that the same thing that the banks do in order for them to be able to grow their wealth, you can do it too. And a lot of us are not realizing it, but you are already being the bank. You just are a poorly ran bank. Why? First and foremost, the bank has to get other people's money in order to grow wealth, right? The bank has to get other people's money in order to grow wealth. There are three ways that a consumer or commercial bank gets money. They get money from, they get money from the FDIC. I mean, they get money from the Federal Reserve. <clears throat> they get money from they get money from other banking institutions where they borrow money from another bank in order to in order to lend money to somebody else. Right. Or they get money from the consumer. Well, here's the catch 22. A bank cannot lend money until a consumer buys into that product. Now, what are the products that banks sell? Banks sell savings accounts. That's considered a product. Bank sales checking accounts. That's considered a product. Do y'all remember? Press the number one if you remember when Wells Fargo got in all that trouble for opening bank accounts. Do y'all remember that? Do y'all remember when Wells Fargo got in all that trouble for opening bank accounts? Okay, great. Now, now notice. Notice 
They never got in trouble for stealing money. So Wells Fargo didn't steal money. They got in trouble for opening bank accounts. Why? Twofold. The cashier, I mean the cashier, the uh, the uh, the bank, uh, the uh, the banker gets paid. In in some banks, you know, you get recognized for opening up bank accounts. But it was happening on an executive level. Why is that important? Because a bank cannot lend money unless people are opening accounts. The more accounts people open up, the more money they can lend. The banking institution can lend by law. If, if no one opens up a bank account with the bank, the bank cannot lend any money. So if a bank wants to lend more money, you have to have you have to open up more bank accounts that can justify you lending more, you opening more lending accounts, lending money. So the whole Wells Fargo debacle, debacle, one of the things that people don't see if you're not thinking like a bank you're not realizing the name of the game in the banking institution, the banking world. So when I look at a bank like a Wells Fargo, like a Chase, like a Bank of America, like whatever those companies are, I look at them like peers, right? Why? Because a bank would never borrow money from another bank, would never borrow money from another bank and be fucked, or excuse me, or be screwed by that bank because they are peers. They're going to negotiate different terms that are more suitable for each of the parties that are that are participating. So if you understand and you look at a bank, you realize that a bank ain't nothing but a business that's really good at money management. The products that they sell, uh, checking accounts, savings accounts, credit cards, mortgage loans, car loans, uh, CDs, uh, insurance, uh, uh, business savings accounts, business checking accounts, business credit cards. They have a multitude. They have a multitude of products that they can sell the consumer to get us to buy into them servicing our money. When you understand what banks are, banks are money servicing companies. They, they, they make their money, their interest on they make their money in their interest on servicing our money. That's how they do it. That's how they do it. They make their money in their interest on servicing our money. So how do they make money? They make money by when you get interest bearing accounts and you get bigger accounts, they make money off of um, monthly fees. They make money off of uh, overdraft charges. They make money off of ATM charges. They make money off of merchant charges. And what a lot of people fail to realize is that in the in the stock market or trading world, those are commercial banks that are participating in the merchant fees. When you open up when you open up a business, you have to you have to you have to charge your card somewhere. That charging of the card is communication between one bank to another bank. There is a merchant fee that's in process of, a process of that. So banks are in the money game. They get paid servicing money. Okay? You can do the same thing. Why is that? First and foremost, we have to realize that banks, what? They offer products to get other people's money into their ecosystem. Banks offer products to get other people's money to get them into their ecosystem. They offer servicing products. 
So the question you have to ask yourself is, do I offer enough products? Am I being am I being valuable enough to offer enough to offer more products to service other people's money? Why? Because when you open up a business, people are going to give you their money when you're able to service them. Banks don't do any different than any other business. So you, whether you're working a job, a career, or running a business, you too have the ability to offer your service or product to get compensation from other people. Why? Because none of us create money. So the money is already other people's money. So other people's money coming into your economy, other people's money coming into your family's economy is the same process as banks getting you to open up an account. Press the number two if you are following me. So banks offer products and services to get us to give them their money. In return, they take our money and they give us the service, the service of security, the service of uh, interest bearing accounts, the service of CDs, the service of, of, of a convenience, the service of ATMs. They are giving us a service and we're agreeing to that service. Therefore, that's why we're doing business with them. So a lot of people think that banks only make money when they lend. That is inaccurate. Banks make money from a multitude of things. They make money from trading. They make money from lending. They make money from um, from overdraft fees. They make money from a portfolio management. They make money from insurance commissions. They make money from um, um, from a referrals to third party companies that they refer you to. They make money to ATM chart uh, ATM um, servicing. They make money from safety deposit boxes. There are a multitude of ways. They have multiple ways they make money doing one thing. So the first thing you have to ask yourself is, what is stopping me from positioning my, myself as a bank? Well, if you work a job or a career, it's not the fact that you work a job or a career that is stopping you. What is stopping you is that you're only offering one service to that customer. Jake, what do you mean? If I'm an accountant and I get paid, let's say, $80,000 a year to work at, let's say, uh, let's say Enron or let's say, uh, let's say a school or whatever, that school is just one customer. So if I have the ability to service as an accountant on my off time, I can also pick up any other customers as an accountant so I can get other people's money into my ecosystem. The number one, the first thing that you have to understand is that you have to get really good at attracting other people's money into your family's ecosystem. Okay. Okay. So the banks are very good at getting our money. The banks are very good at getting our money into their ecosystem. So we got to get good at offering services that we already do to the public to be able to get other people's money into your ecosystem. Once their money hits your ecosystem, whether you're selling a t-shirt, a product, a service, a system, whatever, once you get their money into your ecosystem, now the next thing that you do is very important. 
The very next thing that you do is critical. This will determine if you are adopting and mimicking the banking system. When banks get our money, they do not go and buy shit. When banks get our money, they do not go and buy shit. Why is that? Because the based on the bank's books, when we put our money into their system, it is considered a liability. Put liability in the chat. Based on their booking, when we put our money into their ecosystem, it is considered a liability. That money is not considered an asset or capital until the bank puts it to work to go and make more money. Okay? So as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as a career man or woman, when these companies are giving you their money, you have to consider it a liability in its natural form. It is only an asset when it leaves your account or it leaves your your uh, your your um uh um your control or your hands to go and make more money. Now that currency is considered an asset. When the money 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 in its natural form. And I, I use this example a lot of times, but I like to keep breaking it down so that you guys get it. OK, excuse my fingers because I ain't went to the nail. Money in its natural form. Is a debt. This says that is a legal tender for all debts, public and private. This says that this note is a debt. Is a legal tender for all debts, public or private. So when the bank gets this, it is not it is not considered an asset. The problem that we have when we're building our wealth is that the moment we receive cash or the moment we receive currency, we think that that's an asset. Currency is not considered an asset until it has a purpose to be put to work to make more money. Oh my gosh, I'm teaching y'all today, okay? Currency is not considered an asset. Cash is not considered an asset until you have an objective or you have a plan for it to leave your ecosystem and come back with more currency. Then it's considered an asset. So when I tell people to beat a bank, I am literally teaching you and telling you why it's important for you to operate like the banks. So what we do, we get the cash from the businesses we work for or work with. You have to start looking at whoever hired you like a customer, like a client. You have to start looking at them like a customer or like a client. That's why I tell people. That's why I tell people that when people say, I don't like to work for nobody, that's why I want to create my own business. That's a lie. Because your customers can fire you. The moment your customer fires you is the moment that your business, your operation is at risk. So whether you work a job or you have a job working for customers, either way, a customer is paying you for a service. 
So that service based on what you agreed upon has to be fulfilled. If not, they are going to leave you, therefore putting you at risk. Okay, so this is why the banks understand that when the customer gives you money, it is a liability because the customer can leave at any time. This is why the bank immediately, they put the money to work in the market. Now, let me tell you, banks buy bonds. What is a bond? A bond is a, is, is a, is a corporate debt or a government debt that they put out like a, like, it's like a, it's like, it's kind of like doing an IPO, but for debt. And the bank buys AAA bonds. What a AAA bond is, it's the highest rated bond that a corporate company or government has a, a high, um, they have, um, lack of better words, a great reputation for paying money back at a specific rate at a specific time um, without going to a bank. So if a company, corporation, they say, hey, I want, let's do a bond. They raise money, people uh, purchase the bond with expectation that it's going to be paid back. So it's like a loan directly from the people, not a loan that you're getting like from an institution, you know, per se. So they buy debts like bonds. They buy debts like mortgages. They immediately put that money to work and they put that money inside of insurance uh, policies. Here's why. Because when you put your cash, by definition, it is a liability. Cash does not become capital until cash did not does not become capital until you have an objective or a mission for it to go make more money. When you look up the definition for capital, the definition for capital is when it has a mission. Let me let me let me pull it up because y'all know I'm a teacher. Y'all know I'm a teacher. So one of the definitions is. Capital consists of human created assets that can enhance one's power to perform economically, uh, uh, economic, um, economically useful work. So you're using the currency so that it can make you more currency. So when people say, man, I got that capital, your cash is a liability in its natural form. The reason why your capital is a liability in its natural form is because it costs us money. This is why the bank, I'm going back because I got them. This is why the bank, when we put our money there, they realize it's costing them money. Why? Because they're paying interest on the money for you to have it. Then they got to pay staff to manage your money. It costs them. So when you have currency, this cash, it costs you to just keep it sitting somewhere. It costs you because of inflation. What inflation is, is when the government prints more money. So when you have more money printed in the marketplace, it devalues the one that. OK, I'm going to give you an example. OK. I'm give you an example. Say for an example, OK. This was the only pen in the world. Say for an example, this was the only pen in the world. 
There's only one pen in the world. This was the only pen. With this being the only pen in the world, the value of this pen would, would, be, would, would be so great because this is the only pen in the world. So people all across the world would spend whatever they can because they know the need of pens. Now, if the government went and printed or created a million more pens just like this pen, the value of this pen goes down because there's a million more just like it. Okay? So when this was the only pen in the world, it had immense buying power. I could use this pen to go get a car if I wanted to. But when the government made a million more pens just like this, this same pen no longer has its transactional trading power. That's the same thing that happens with the dollar bill. When there are more dollar bills that are printed, your dollar bill no longer has the same trading power it once did because of all the money being printed. So when everybody got their stimulus check, there was there was tr billion trillion dollars that was dedicated to putting more money into our economy. Therefore, it diminished the buying power that we have. And we will see the effects of that when the inflation goes up. So what inflation means by definition, inflation means when there's more of something that's created. The value of it goes down. Give you one more example to really bring it home, okay? There's only one of you in the world. So the value of you is very important. But if God created a thousand of you that look like you, that talk like you, that went through the same thing you went through, that has the same fingerprint, the same eyebrows, the same eyes, the same hair, and, and no one can tell a difference between you and the a thousand carbon copies of you, it would be hard for you to sell your value. It would be hard for you to sell your value because they can go get the same value for you for a different price. But when you're one of one in the world, when you're one of one in the world, that then makes you more valuable because they can't find another person like you, okay? That's what inflation does. So when there is more money that's put into our ecosystem, when the Federal Reserve goes and prints more money, the value of the dollar goes down, which means it takes more dollars to purchase the same one thing. Press the number one if that made a lot of sense. So I'll give you an example, okay? So that house, that house right there in 19, that house right there in the 1960s, that three bedroom, two bath house would have cost $10,000. 1960s. 
This house right here, right across, three bedroom, two bath, would have cost $10,000. But because from 1960 to 1920s, I mean 2020s, there have been so much money created and printed from the Federal Reserve that is not backed by any assets. They just print more money when they, at, at they, as they choose. Because they print so much more money. Now, what used to cost $10,000 to purchase that three-bedroom, two-bad house, it was a 587% uh, uh, cost of living increase. Because there has been so much money printed, now it will cost $200,000 to purchase that same $10,000 house that would have cost in 1960. Okay? That's why when the banks get our money in their accounts, it's a liability. Because they know that the Federal Reserve is printing money like this like crazy. And they know that they are having to pay you interest and pay people to service your money. So, if you want to be like the bank, you have to make that money work for you. And then when that money comes back, you buy all the stuff you want from your assets making you money versus uh, you going and spend your money. Okay. So, I'm, I'm about to bring it home. Y'all ready? Okay. okay. I'm about to bring it home. So, with that being said, the bank's... Soon as they get their money, they go and invest in bonds. Soon as they get other people's money, they, they lend to, in credit cards. As soon as they get your money, they go and do a home loan. As soon as they get your money, they go doing car loan. As soon as they get your money, they go and uh, invest in the market. As soon as they get your money, they immediately start trading in Forex. As soon as they get your money, they immediately start, uh, they immediately dump their money in insurance reserves. Why? Because in the insurance reserve, when they dump cash in the insurance reserve, they immediately get a death benefit worth 10 to 20 times more than the cost of that dollar. And they got their money in a, in a, in a reserve that's going to guarantee make them 4 to 8%. So they immediately take the money that they make and they go and put it in assets that can then return them more money and grow in equitable growth on the asset. See what I'm talking about? So, when I tell people to be the bank, all I'm doing is telling you to do exactly what they do. So, what do they do? They get other people's money. And then the moment that they get other people's money, They then go and do, they then go and invest into assets. Somebody just asked, so put in assets. So what would be assets, brother? Assets are anything that grows in value and produces you passive income. I just listed all of them. Yes, I just listed all of them. So what are the assets? Investing in bonds, you can do that. Investing into, into valuable companies in the market, you can do that. Trading Forex, you can do that. Lending money out to real estate developers like the banks do, you can do that. Doing asset lending, 
You can do that. Investing in putting your money in insurance policies and then leveraging that money and lending it out again. You can do that. There is nothing that the bank does that you cannot do for yourself. So that's why I say be the bank. That's why I say do what the banks are doing. That's why they call me Mr. Banks. Why? Because when I look at the bank, I don't look at them as this person who can change my life. I look and say, whatever they do, I can do it too. We always say, hey, listen, we need to go use other people's money. So we need to go directly to the bank. No, other people's money do what the banks do. So what do the banks do? They offer products and services that makes us want to go and give your money. Why do you choose Chase versus uh, versus uh, uh, why do you choose Chase versus Bank of America? Why do you choose Bank of America versus Wells Fargo? Why do you choose credit unions versus this credit union? Because that credit union or that bank did something to sell you on you wanting to keep your money with them. And can I tell y'all something? Everything that the banks do, we teach you in BWO. The banks market and brand to show you the security of you doing business with them. Well, in BWO, guess what we do? We, we show you marketing and branding so that you can be able to take over online so that people can trust your business and your brand and your services through digital real estate. Well, the banks trade and they look at investing and they buy they 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 buy debts and they lend money and and we actually teach you uh, we actually teach you that in BWO Bridging Wealth Opportunities our Wealth Education Academy. You want me to tell you why? Because in BWO Chris Cole teaches you how to make money in the market. He teaches you how to lend your stock out to other people and make money by lending your stock out to people who want to do options. We teach you how to buy uh, bonds and make money passively from bonds. We teach you how to get dividends and money off of investing in the companies that give you dividends. We teach you MBWO. We teach you how to build your family, how to structure your businesses, how to be the bank in BWO with Private Bank and Blueprint. So when we teach you how to be the bank, we teach you how to do that with BWO. It's everything that encompasses you running your family, your business like a bank. So they invest their money. So the bank takes our money, which is a liability, and immediately invest it. But Jake, how do they insure and protect their investments? Through insurance. There is nothing that the bank does when they lend their money out that they don't have some type of insurance, a surety to know that that money is going to yield them some type of positive return. They take what's called calculated risks at the highest level. They take calculated risks at the highest level to ensure the, the safety of their principal, which is what they invested or lent out. You can do that, too. How do banks always start off? Have you ever seen a new bank open? They go get a used location. They go rent a little small facility and they start small. Why? Because it's important for you to mimic the banks. So what are you supposed to do with your life? What are you supposed to do with your stay? What are you supposed to do with your cars? You start small. 
And you only grow your lifestyle on the profits of your profits. What do banks do? Banks start small. They lend money. They trade money. They grow money. And with the profits, what do they do with the profits? They then go and get better facilities and better structures so they can continue to grow their life. Hey, listen, family. At the ABS firm, we teach families all across the country how to build their own bank. Yes, I said it, how to build their own bank. If you're looking to try to get out of debt, stop borrowing money from everyone else's bank without building your own family banking system, you need to get in our private banking blueprint where we literally show you exactly what we did to not only build our own private banking system for our company, but what I did to build me and my wife's and my family's private banking system so that you can be able to not only guarantee wealth for your family, but you can now learn how to be your own bank. How cool would it be to learn not only how to be your own bank, but to actually become your own bank? So go to privatebankandblueprint.com, privatebankandblueprint.com, so that you can learn 25 hours coursework, videos, questions, everything that you need. And you will also be able to talk to one of our ABS advisors to be able to set you up your own family bank. Family, this is true. It is possible. You just have to go see it for yourself. So privatebankandblueprint.com. Don't wait. So Jake, what do you mean? I'm saying that you don't go and buy liabilities with liabilities, this is a liability. So you don't go and use debt cash. You don't go and buy, use debt cash to then go and buy a liability that loses value every day. You use your debt cash and you invest it into assets. The, when you turn your debt cash into capital and you invest it into assets, now the money and currency that you make from your asset is considered asset cash. You use the asset cash to grow your life. So when y'all see me splurging, when y'all see me get the Rolls Royce, I took my debt cash and I invested into my company. And then when my company made profits, I turned those profits and I made them profits go and work for me. And then when those profits came back, I then spent the third. The Bible says that we're supposed to. Uh, I know y'all don't all go by the Bible. But the Bible says that we're supposed to build wealth. Uh, a good man leaves an inheritance for their children's children. So when I looked at that, that biblical scripture in context, I said leave an inheritance for their children's children. That's two generations. So when I look at my money, I don't spend my profits on the first generation of profits. I don't spend my profits on the second generation of profits. Because the word of God tells me that a good man leaves an inheritance for, with, for my children's children. That's two generations. So financially... I said, okay, I'm going to spend my third generation of profits. That's when I know that I'm in a comfortable position to go and spend and splurge without messing up the assets that, that I have. Jake, what do you mean? So when I sell my product, boom, I make money come in. The money that comes in from me investing the products or buying more profits, that's profits. First generation. That's my children. 
Now I got to take my children and my children prophets got to go make more children. So then I send these prophets back out to go make me more prophets. That's two generations of prophets. After the second generation of prophets, I don't splurge. I send that money out again to go and make me more money. That's three generations of prophets. I spend all I can of this money. Why? Because it doesn't mess up this money that is still circulating for me. Why? Because I operate like the banks. So when I look at the banks, I see the banks as my peers. Not my superior. Y'all look at the banks and look at them as your superior. The banks ain't lending to me. The banks ain't doing this to me. The banks ain't giving me money. Fuck the banks. I am the damn bank. Bank can't do shit I can't do for my damn self. Now. America X guys asked the question. That's going to take me to the next thing. Somebody said, even if the bill is due, continue to invest into the market. This is what you have to understand. Is that this is the problem that we all have. You don't run your life like a business. You have what's considered expenses in your life that are needed to run your business. Listen, y'all ain't listening. So. If you had a business. And you were making five thousand dollars a month in your business. Would you go get a $2,000 a month business office if you were only making $5,000 a month in your business? Would you go get an office location that's $2,000 a month if your business is only bringing you $5,000? Would you go get that as an office location? Yes or no? No. Absolutely not. Okay, if your business is only bringing in you $5,000 a month, would you go get a car? Would you go get, well, for your business car, would you go get a brand new car? Or would you just get some type of transportation that can help you deal with your business? Would you go get a brand new car for your business? Or would you go and get a used car that, that you can just beat up and get you from to the fro running your business. Everybody said a used car. Watch this. So why, when it comes to your personal life, do you go get the nicest house or apartment? Why, in your personal life, do you have to have the nicest car? Mm. When you don't run your life like a bank and you don't run your life like a business, you will find yourself making financial decisions and mistakes that will alter and change the trajectory of how you live. And you will never be able to get ahead. The word of God, it says, it says, never despise small beginnings. 
Banks don't despise small beginnings. They don't come out getting no, uh, uh, then they come out, they get a, they get a, they get a beat up used little location. They, they renovate, they make it look nice. They make sure that they're profitable first. Then they use the profits and continue to make the establishment better. Most of us, I've seen it. When it comes to your running your business, most of you would if you were to get a used car, you would get you a cash car that can get you from point A to point B efficiently. Why when it comes to you in your personal life, you got to have the best used car? If it was your business, you would be trying to save money in all ways that you can to be profitable. But why when it comes to our personal finances, you don't have the same construct of understanding the need of being profitable? Because we don't run our lives like a bank. See, I ran my entire life like a bank. I run my entire life like a bank. I got what I needed to be profitable. I took the profits. I reinvested into my company. I stayed what I needed and I got more profits. And then from those profits, I reinvested into my company. I don't believe that it's not that we don't value business. It's that you don't realize you are already a business. Nobody held a gun to your head to tell you to go work that job. You made the choice to. And when you made the choice to, what you have to do? You had to go on an interview and you had to sell yourself on why that that employer who's your customer should pay you. Well, in business, I am on trial and I interview every day. I'm coming on live. I'm posting every day, interviewing, showing you why you need to pay me and why my service is valuable to you. When you realize that you are already a business, you are you are already realize that you need to what? That you are the bank. You need to operate like the bank. The only reason I left the job was because the job that I was currently in could not pay me what my value was. Jake, how did you know your value? Because the superintendent of the city was making $125,000 a year. My first year teaching, I was making $104,000 a year. It took him 20 years to make $125,000. It took me my first year to make $103,000, I was already capped. So that customer, the school district, can no longer pay me. So what did I do? I took my education and I went directly to the consumer. Who's the consumer? The parents. I went directly to the parents, the consumers. Why? Because whether you realize it or not, the public school is funded by homeowners. It's called property taxes. 
54% of property taxes goes to pay for the school system that's in that city. 54%. I realized that the third party can no longer pay me what I was worth. So I took my teachings directly to who paid the school. And I 20x my take home income by going directly to the consumer because I'm the bank. I didn't want to go through a third party when I can go directly to the consumer. Okay. If you want to learn any more information about what you do, how to set up, what you need, how much money, blah, 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 you need to go and enroll in BWO, BWOacademy.com. And we have an entire suite of courses, classes, everything that you need in order to teach you how to be the bank. BWOacademy.com. I'm not answering those questions. I have an entire course in class that teaches you all of that. So if you got value today, if you got value today, imagine what's in our courses. Now, the next question is, Jake, when is it okay for me to use other banks? And what's the difference between debt versus credit? I'll go to the I'll go to Google and I'll go to the de the definition. Credit is how much you can borrow. While debt is how much you owe. Credit is how much you can borrow. Credit, I mean debt, credit is how much you can borrow, debt is how much you owe. Hey, y'all put BWOacademy.com in the chat right now for everybody that want to go plug in. Put BWOacademy.com in the chat for everybody that want to go plug in. Credit is how much you can borrow, while debt is how much you owe. Now, let's talk about it. And when is it a good time for me to use other banks? Well, because y'all know, because y'all know, I consider myself a bank. I look at banks like my peers. I look at banks like my peers. So when I'm going into a bank and I am conversing with my peer, I am never going to let the peer take advantage of me. I'm never going to let the peer talk to me like I'm crazy or make me have to tap dance in order to utilize their currency or cash flow, especially when I know I got assets and things in place. So when would I ever use, if I ever needed to use a bank, another bank outside of my own banking system, what would I use it for? And realistically, Jay, I would never utilize or get into debt or utilize my credit with another banking system outside of my own for personal purchases or for personal things. Building my own business is a personal thing. Purchasing my house, personal. Purchasing my cars, personal. Purchasing Rolex, traveling, personal. I will never get in debt or utilize credit to get in debt to purchase personal things. Why? Because personal purchases are indeed liabilities. They're liabilities. I would never get into debt 
to build my own company when I can go directly to the consumer and get the money in the currency from the consumer. It's called other people's money. The banks get their money from the same people you get your money from. Customers. Did you know that? So you going to go borrow money from the bank don't solve the problem that you don't know how to get customers. The bank is getting money from the same people you get your money from. The customer. So why would I go directly to the bank when I can go directly to the customer? So I would never utilize debt or credit to build my company. Because I'm going to go directly to the customer. What I... If I had to, what I would utilize a peer bank, a banking system, Bank of America, uh, uh, whatever these banks are. If I'm going to buy somebody else's business or purchase somebody else's asset, I would do what's called a leveraged buyout. And a leveraged buyout says this. I'm going to partner with the bank to buy out this company. Or buy out this asset that's producing me income and it has, it has equitable growth. I'm going to leverage the bank, another bank as a peer to help me purchase this company. Buy another company. Or to buy uh, another asset. Because I don't have to give them equity. I just have to pay them back whatever they're agreed upon. Uh, uh, um, uh, profits is that they want on the purchase. Why? Because the overall goal is for me not to bring more equity partners to the table. I want to own the business outright. So I would bring another company if I didn't have the money. And I would partner with another bank, use their cash to go and purchase this company. Now watch this. You said, Jake, but I thought you said that you wouldn't. Listen, what I said was, if I can't generate enough profits or revenue using other people's money and I don't have a, and I have the discipline, but I just don't have enough to buy out this company. It's a great opportunity. I'm going to use as much of the liability cash I have received from getting other people's money as the customer. I'm going to bring that liability, that debt cash to the table. I'm going to then call this other bank and say, listen. I got a half a million dollars. I need another half a million dollars from you so I can go and purchase this company for a million. We are partners in this deal. I'm not, I don't have to give that bank equity. I don't have to give that bank equity. All I got to do is share with them their agreed upon interest that they want from the deal. Cool. But Jake, why don't you teach this principle up front? I don't teach all those strategies is because you can't go and partner with no bank if you don't think like a bank. See, the Jake today, based on what I've done for myself in my life, I can now walk into a bank and have a peer to peer conversation without putting myself at liability or at risk.
I can go have a bank to bank partnership conversation. But me, when I was in lack and I lacked discipline, I had no business getting credit cards, which I still don't have. I had no business getting into debt because I would have been using the debt and being in debt. Now, when I'm looking at if I ever needed to use a bank, I would ensure because debt is what you owe the bank. Well, if I go in partner with another bank and we go all, we go in, in on a deal and I own the business outright 100%, I just got to pay them what I owe them. I match the bank and what I put into this deal, whatever the case is, and say I can sell this company. I bought it for a million and all I got to do is fix some things and I can sell it for two million. The bank gave me a half a million dollars. I can sell this company for $2 million. Debt is what you owe the bank. Well, based on my asset versus what I owe the bank, I'm not in debt. Why? Because if I sold the company, I can make $2 million and give the bank $1.5 million. That's no different than what I teach you in, doing, uh, in, in, in dealing with life insurance and banking with life insurance. Because I am teaching you the I'm teaching you the principles. I'm building up your muscle so that you understand how to deal with these institutions on a peer to peer basis. Teaching how to do it. And I would never get a loan. If I had to use another bank, I would get a line of credit because you only pay on what you use. You only pay on what you use. When you get a loan, the moment that they accept you and approve you for that loan and you accept it and you sign, you immediately got to start servicing a debt. Now that is a debt because it hasn't even been used yet. But a line of credit, you can keep it there and not use it. A line of credit, I can keep it there and not use it. Credit says I have the ability to. So I would never go and partner with another bank or, or leverage somebody else's capital and not purchase something or invest into something that can turn me or immediately has assets in it to where if I were to dissolve the partnership and sell the company, I still come out on top. America X God, you're asking me questions that are already in my course. Go and invest into BWAcademy.com, enroll into my into the academy and start with private banking blueprint 1.0. That's how we do it. That's how we do it. If I were to get into a rental property, let's say a rental property, my preferred way of getting into a rental property that's already an asset producing property, already has uh, 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 people in it, I would, I would personally, I would personally purchase the property with all of the other people's money that I have in my ecosystem. Oh my gosh, let, let me help y'all understand a concept, 
right? A lot of people in the real estate world or whatever world, they say leverage the bank's money. When you use the bank's money, now what you have, you have income, income coming passively from using the bank's money. And then you just service the bank, whatever the interest that you owe them. And when I make money from consumers, from you all, from, from the, directly from the consumer, and I let I get those profits from y'all, I immediately look at all of those like lines of credit. You can actually get into my art courses. Y'all put it down in the chat, bwoacademy.com. BWOacademy.com. So when, when, when customers purchase products from me, I immediately see that as a liability. Those are lines of credit. The same way the banks see when you open up a bank account. They see that as a line of credit. The moment I have that money in my account, it doesn't hurt me until I use it. So then when I use it, I then go and make more money off of that line of credit. Same exact thing when it comes to leveraging other banks. But again, that's a higher level conversation. So understanding the importance of building your own banking system, understanding how to leverage and use it, will actually position yourself to seeing things in a bigger, better way. So you would never be at risk when utilizing and leveraging and working against or with these other banking institutions. See, the bank wants you to be their slave. So when you're coming to them with nothing, nothing to the table, you are essentially coming to be their slave. See, if I ever work with the oppressor, I'm going to work at, with the oppressor as a peer. See, equality is not the matter of I'm needing to be in your space. It's that we can do business together without no extra, without no extra shit that come with it. Now, the Jake that comes to the table with a bank now is a total different Jake than when I had five years ago. They're going to have to make me an offer that I cannot refuse. Now we're partners. We're both equally getting something out of the deal that makes sense equitably for both of us. Yeah. BWO teaches everything that you need. Okay. All right. So go to BWOacademy.com, BWOacademy.com, plug in, get in, do what you got to do, and um, and uh, stop, stop playing and stop waiting. Stop playing. Okay? I love you. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Peace.